the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed in the program are not necessarily those of this radio station or its sponsors and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. You should always consult the appropriate advisor before making any financial decision. All rights reserved. Now, new focus on wealth with certified financial planner, Chad Burton. Drawing from his 28-year background in finance and investing to help you make sense of your money matters. New focus on wealth. Get a new focus on personal finance, wealth management, Wall Street, and the economy. Now your host for New Focus on Wealth, Chad Burton. CFP Chad Burton from EP Wealth joins me today to talk a little bit about finance, a little bit about investing, a little bit about retirement, wealth preservation, things that are right up his alley. You can find him online at chadburton.com. That's chadburton.com. You can meet him Thursday evening, the 24th, at the Los Gatos Hotel, uh, the Toll House Hotel in Los Gatos. It is a seven readiness retirement test. Are you ready to retire? And you kind of have to check these check boxes. Otherwise, you expose yourself to going back to work, living beneath your means um, or your, your standards. There's a lot of positive and negative ramifications of hitting retirement correctly versus hitting it incorrectly. Chad, let's talk a little bit about the CFP designation. It's something that I met you 25 years ago. I didn't know what it was. I was an RIA, which is a, not a silly designation by any standards, but a registered investment advisor. I was able to manage portfolios. But when I kind of heard what you did, I was like, that's important. That's super important. It's going to become even more important. Let's talk about the CFP designation and why it's such a good idea for retirees to work with a CFP designated person like yourself. Yeah, sure. I mean, it, it, you know, if we go to the way back and get in the time machine over oh, about 29 years ago or so when I got into the business, um, you know, I was 19 when I got in the business. I was still going to college working with my grandfather. And so got all the proper licensing to be able to, I guess, sell investments but I also looked like I was probably 15. <laughs> so I needed to get some designations behind the name that proved that I knew that I could go into an attorney's office, a CPA's office and you know, go beyond here's this younger person. What do they, you know, do they have the experience? Do they have the knowledge? And the CFP designation is one that I found that, um, has it all. I mean, we, we you, when you get the certified financial planner designation, now you have to get a bachelor's degree in order to use the designation and have a certain amount of experience once you pass all the tests. And the tests are taxes, insurance, retirement planning, estate planning, and investing. And so there's modules that you have to go through. You have to learn about each of those areas. It takes, you know, anywhere from if you're full-time on it, nine months to two years to get through. You have to pass a test on each one and then take a final exam that is uh, given over two days with a national pass rate of around 50% or so. So about half the people fail it the first time. It's it's a it's a pretty difficult test. And um 
it goes well beyond just somebody that has an insurance license or an unlicensed, uh, just a license to sell investments. So people can go get a series 65 or seven, for example, Rob, and they're licensed to sell investments, but they don't know how to do taxes. They don't know how to give advice on insurance or state planning, different types of trusts and really truly how to build, you know, models geared towards retirement. I think that's well said. Um, also, I just want to go as far as to say that the professionals that are giving advice um, that are not CFPs, they could actually earn more money in their career by getting that CFP designation. It is that valuable. It helps people in retirement have more money. It helps them stay as clients longer. It, all the positive rainfall around it seems to me, it just tells me this is an important designation. It is. And the demand is so high right now with, with, you know, something like 10,000 baby boomers turning 65 every day and the need for in-person retirement planning. Um, you know, the, the, the kids that are coming out of colleges like, you know, Texas Tech and University of Hawaii and, um, San Diego State and certain other ones that have the personal finance degree where they're prepped and ready to take the CFP exam and hit the ground running very easy to get a job and within years you're into the six figures. So it's, it's a lot of kids go into the world of finance, Rob in college thinking that it's going to be geared towards investments and personal finance. And it's not, it's geared towards corporate finance. So um, there are schools that offer that degree. And I think it's really a good route to take right now. Let's talk about me. And I've started using a CFP in the last three to five years for my taxes for things like Medicare, Medicaid, insurance, for CFP Brad, who works with you, he said, you know, you really, you've got enough money, Rob, you surely up your umbrella insurance. Um, I'm like, really? Okay. For retirement planning, I don't know what it's going to look like. Um, I know how to create wealth. I don't know how to retirement plan. Estate planning for me, my children, and my spouse, and, you know, coming up with a distribution model still a work in progress, but that's why I have a relationship with a CFP. Um, I never knew it was gonna be this hard, Chad. Do you, do you run into other people that, that, you know, kind of see the complexities of it? And yeah, I, I, I can't imagine just concentrating on wealth creation at this point in time. I think I'd be doing myself a disservice. Well, what's interesting is, you know, everybody says, Oh, I'm going to go see a financial advisor. And they think about uh, mostly the portfolio side. And that's really the easiest side. Um, Learning how to, <clears throat> excuse me, read a tax return and be able to go through the tax return and say, okay, here's, here's how we can save taxes either now or over the long run. Um, looking at a schedule E on a tax return and helping to analyze a rental property. Is this still truly a good deal? Are you, what is your after tax, you know, net return on this rental property? What are the risks involved? Um, what should you be do, doing as a self-employed individual if you're filing a Schedule C? What retirement plans could be put in place that are beyond the 401k that can get you, you know, $100,000 a year tax deduction? Um, if when people come in to have a meeting to, to explore services, as long as I have uh, a copy of statements and a recent tax return, I can put the puzzle together. And show clearly how, you know, working with a CFP adds value over and beyond just taking over the management of a portfolio, which is really about, I'd say about 35% of what we do. And we do it really well. But most of the time that we're dealing with planning scenarios, tax issues, estate planning for the family, how to protect the kids from divorce 
and lawsuits when you leave a money, you know, all those types of things that come down the line. Say hello to a pass that gives you endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. You might call it the suitcases always packed pass or the wait. I get to choose from 100,000 trips pass. The will it be the beach, city, mountains, or all three pass. Or you could just call it what we call it, the Inspirado Pass. Endless travel for $2,500 per month with no nightly rates, taxes, or fees. Learn more at inspiradopass.com. I always like to try to get you to think outside the box just a skosh. I think CFP Chad Burton does a nice job of that as well. Big event coming up Thursday evening, the 24th of August, 630 to 830 in Los Gatos at the Toll Hotel. One of the things that he will hit upon is Social Security. And one of the things that the average American kind of misses is how math works. Every year, there's a cost of living adjustment, a COLA on social security. Um, and the years that you wait longer to retire and claim your social security, you get more benefit. If you get your benefit at 62, you take a staggering 30% less each month. Um, based on you're not getting that COLA for the next couple of years. Well, you're getting the COLA, but you're not getting the extra that you get from delaying. Um, it's a pretty staggering amount, Chad. People can go from age 62 where they get 1440 a month in a benefit, or they can wait till 70 and get 2480 for a benefit. Um, and again, those colas get added to your payouts as well, which is um, important to note when you see how much extra you're earning on top of what you're getting for the delay. Um, do you think people understand Social Security well, Chad? I think so. I think where it gets a little bit confusing is widow benefits and and divorce benefits and things like that. Um, there was a whole, there was we had a whole quiver of uh, tricks, I guess you could say, yeah. when it came to Social Security and spousal benefits, but those have all mostly been taken away. And so, what you really have to focus on is: can you wait until seventy? Is that a good idea for you based on your life expectancy or the life expectancy of your spouse that might have a lower benefit? So. For example, there, there was recently a person that because of health issues, they probably weren't going to live, you know, much past 80, but, um, they had a significantly higher earnings history than their spouse. So waiting until age 70 was very key for this younger spouse because at the first death, the larger check stays and the smaller check goes away, regardless of who it is. So it's really planning for, you know, who's going to live the longest. Uh, what the tax situation is and very seldom does it pay to take social security at 62 unless, um, you know, you're, you're not going to work at all and you're not going to live very long. So it has to do with, you know, talking about longevity, you know, what's your family history? What is the family history of your spouse and tax issues? So when I talk about tax issues, a lot of times, another reason to delay Social Security, Rob, is because when you take Social Security, typically 85% of it is taxable income. So that amazing strategy that we have right now from the date of retirement, let's say that's 65, until you have to start taking required minimum distributions, which is now not until age 73, you can control your tax brackets and you can move a lot of money from your IRA to the Roth, pay taxes on it at a low bracket, and then let it grow tax-free forever. And so if you take Social Security, that increases your taxable income and it can mess up how much you can do. So that's another reason that it might be wise to wait till 70. Not only that, but from your full retirement age, which is for most people like 67 now to 70, if you can hold off, it's like an 8% rate of return on your money if you're going to live into your mid-80s or beyond. Good stuff. Now you wanted to go back and hit on some of the topics where it's a good idea to work with a CFP for retirees 
any of the ones that stand out to you, taxes, because you kind of just talked a little about social security and taxes, insurance, retirement. Yeah, yeah well, taxes is huge in retirement. I mean, that's where you can add most of the value. Really? Um, because I, again, the I think the portfolio side is easy as long as you stick with, stick with a dr- distribution strategy. That's been our previous events is the retirement income and tax planning side. But on the on the tax side, everybody's very different. And so especially in the Bay Area, when a lot of people retire with highly concentrated stock positions from their employers and then 401k accounts, a lot of times it's, okay, how do we make the two different brackets work together because the capital gains bracket allows you to take a lot of capital gains if you don't have any other income at a very high rate and still pay 0% in taxes before you start jumping into all the way up to the 20.38% bracket. Um, But if you have ordinary income out of your IRA or from 85% of your social security or interest in the bank or whatever, it can push those capital gains up. So a lot of times you're either blending income to keep taxes low or staggering income where I'll take a IRA withdrawal one year and sell a bunch of stock in my taxable account the next year in order to keep taxes lower for longer, which is the overall goal in retirement. How about adding that concept into working with a CFP, good idea for retirees on estate planning. Um, Yeah, estate planning is key. And it's kind of like, okay, we now have your financial plan done. We've gone through the seven tests so that we can get a very good idea of how much money are you actually leaving your kids and what type of assets are you leaving them? Because I've had people retire, Rob, and they're very wealthy on paper at retirement, but based on their spending age 90, not so much, (laughs) you know what I mean? So they could go in based on their current net worth and get a whole bunch of estate planning and extra advanced trust planning. And then it's all kind of for not because they're going to spend it all. So um, you have to go, you know, really do those long-term financial planning projections to say, okay, what am I leaving my kids in the future? What's the present value of that? You know, adjusted backwards with inflation. What am I truly leaving them? What type of assets? How are my kids when it comes to potential divorces and lawsuits? Do I need to, you know, do any protection there? How are they with money? Are they going to blow it if they inherit it? I mean, you and I have both seen people that inherited money at like 35, you know, four or $5 million. And that sounds like a ton of money, but then they quit working and they started spending money. They had no idea what the present value of their income from 35 to 65 was, which is well more than what they inherited. And then they find themselves dead broke at 55 with no job. Hmm. Um, so how do you protect your kids from getting into that kind of scenario when there's literally zero financial education in our school systems, it seems? Um, it, I mean, it's... You said something fascinating about getting your, your children attorneys. And protecting them from lawsuits. And we don't have a long time to get into this, but I have a family member on Shelly's side, um, where the son's 22, 23, and he tends to date younger girls and he tends to break their hearts. And the mom is petrified that he's going to get called out on it and sued at some point in time. I never thought that would be an issue in my life. Any quick thoughts on getting your kids, uh, protective legal issues? Protective legal issues. I, I don't, I think that's a bigger conversation I, in terms I feel of what like context it's a matter, are we, are I feel we like it's a matter of time before you or I get sued, just like driving a car, um, getting gas at a gas station. Like it just seems like every, this is a Sue happy nation. Well, that's one of the reasons why we review insurance contracts and see what you have in terms of liability on your home and your auto and umbrella. Hi, this is Chad Burton. 
If you have questions about retirement and investing, it's time to get some answers. My website, chadburton.com, has a ton of resources. There are downloads to help you determine how long your money will last in retirement, links to our webinars, and several videos discussing everything from retirement planning to tax-efficient investing, estate planning, insurance, and even saving for your kid's college. While you're there, also check out our tax planning and estate planning services and our video explaining our online wealth management tool. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. This invaluable resource is able to show the values and allocations of all your accounts regardless of where they're held. Information is updated each day at the end of market close and these new numbers are fed into the financial projections we've created for our clients with the goal of constant financial clarity. You can find links to the podcast at chadburton.com and please like my Facebook page, New Focus on Wealth with Chad Burton. So I want to say thank you to all the listeners for giving me a microphone for the last 25 years to talk to you about wealth accumulation. Along the way, we've invited CFP Chad Burton onto the air to the point he was so good that I wanted to work with him. Um, as a CFP designation, I did not want to get. It was too much work. I had already committed to the RIA designation and the RIA side of the business. The CFP side is 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 really a smart thing to pursue a relationship with if you want long-term clients because clients tend to stick around if you've got a CFP designation because they're good at what they do. Um, one of the benefits of everyone listening right now is you've got to get a good education while accumulating wealth on what it's going to be like managing it. Um, we're going to be doing a big event Thursday evening, August 24, 630, Toll House Hotel. You can sign up at chadburton.com. It's chadburton.com. He is a CFP. He is a regional director for EP, which means he's got CFPs working underneath him that will be coming as part of the team to answer questions as well. It is a great opportunity to bring questions, um, to bring statements and say, like, what do you think? Does this look balanced or not? Um, but more importantly, set up a, a review. Set up a review so that they can digest those statements and give you a good feedback on where you are. One area that I am lacking, I'm raising my hand, Chad, long-term care. Don't have it yet, but I'm now getting to that age where I know you told me years and years ago, somewhere between 50 and 60, you need to really start thinking about it. Not for me. My dad had a heart attack basically at my age now, died of cancer five years later. Um, but for my spouse, long-term care is going to be an important one as part of um, doing the right thing by her. Yeah, it is. And it's... I, I, I think I said that correctly, right? Yeah. I mean, it, it, okay. I you know, tend to see it that we have basically by the time you're 70, there's a 60% chance that you're going to spend some time in a nursing home. But the statistics show that um, men go in for a shorter period of time and tend to pass away, whereas women will then go in for a longer period of time into assisted living or even full-time care. And I mean, I've got several clients that either are, you know, have full-time care at home or in care or several clients that have parents that are in that situation right now. Um, when I was very young, I had a specialty in planning for people that if one spouse went in, how do you protect the ill spouse from becoming, you know, be basically being in poverty. So there's ways to legally shift assets um, to protect the house and create um, income over a certain period of time so that the well spouse could stay at home and have income while the ill spouse was on Medicaid. And that's kind of like a plan B, Rob. That's if you did not save enough money, you don't have enough, you know, or you don't have insurance and you're just trying to keep a situation where one spouse is in a nursing home and one spouse goes into poverty. So there are spousal impoverishment laws out there. 
Um, but it's, it's called Medicaid planning and you don't want to plan for Medicaid. You want to plan to either be able to pay for it yourself or insure it or say, how are we going to pay for it as a family? Um, so, you know, running those scenarios is really important. The insurance side, it's, it's a weird situation because if you want to buy life insurance and you're healthy, it's usually way better idea to go find an insurance broker said, Hey, I need a half a million dollars of 20 year term life insurance. And, and you can get a much better deal on your own than through your employer. But long-term care insurance is different. Um, long-term care insurance, if your employer happens to offer it, which isn't often, it's a good idea to get the plan through work because those group plans tend to face less rate increases in the future. So what long-term care is, is that if you become, if you lose two out of the six activities of daily, things like eating, dressing, bathing, continence, and those, those types of activities, that the insurance will pay for either somebody to come to your house and take care of you, or you could go into assisted living or nursing home or, you know, adult daycare. Um, so that's what triggers it. Or if you have Alzheimer's or dementia, that triggers the benefits as well. And the insurance, the long-term care insurance, when it comes to the age of it versus like life insurance and other products, it's very young. And in the very beginning, they completely mispriced it. And so they underpriced it. Now they have way more claims than expected. So everybody that bought that insurance is facing massive rate increases year after year, it seems. And it's become very expensive. Um, so look for that insurance through your employer if you have the option. And then you essentially need to work with a fee-only certified financial planner that you know can run some scenarios to say, is this insurance a good idea in your situation? Do you have enough to self-insure? Or maybe you're going to be, you know, selling your home and moving into assisted living, or you know, if you even go so far as, well, your kids will be, you know, help you do a reverse mortgage and help pay for it and they get paid back after you pass away, kind of a thing. So it's a very important part of retirement and estate planning as well. Cause how do you want to be cared for, Rob? I mean, some people will put in their trust documents that say, I do not want to go into a home. I want every last dollar I have to be spent on me to care for me in my own home. And you can put those directions in your estate planning documents. You're going to laugh because this is not good radio. It's good radio. It's just not good financial planning. Um, I've told a friend to put a pillow over my face if I become a burden to my family. <laughs> I've, I've got a client. They, he, he's got some hunting buddies and they say they have the diaper club. Where if somebody ends up in a diaper later in life, then they're going to go hunting, but the entire hunting party may not come back. <laughs> Please don't tell me that again. <laughs> you told me once that wasn't a bunch of hunters in the inheritance were fighting over a, a sausage grinder. Oh my gosh. Yeah, it was um, a large estate and it was a, a, a family that had a farm. They had, um, they did a lot of hunting. So it was a essentially a, a meat grinder tenderizer that is used for um, venison. Yeah. And that was kind of the, it was things kind of fell apart in the beginning, but that one piece uh, created about a nine month extra probate situation and estate uh, settlement situation in that family. And had they had an estate planner review the documents they probably said, is there any heirlooms that could have gone into the will or the trust that you want to pass on to one person or the other? A CFP could have caught that. Now, another thing you just talked about with CFPs, you said with long-term care running multiple scenarios. And that ties into so many things when it comes to working with a CFP, in my opinion, is having different options 
uh, propose to the individual. Talk, maybe talk a little bit more about that because it's it's definitely in your notes today about working with non-biased professionals who can run multiple scenarios. Yeah. Yes. For example, um, there's a lot of life insurance policies now that if you need nursing home or home health care, assisted living care, and you qualify with losing two out of those six activities of lady living or getting Alzheimer's, you can actually end up using the death benefit that's supposed to go to your kids or your spouse. You can end up using that benefit while you're still alive. Um, and some of the pricing on those has improved recently. They're, they're a better option than they used to be. And where they could come into play, for example, is let's say you have a second marriage and there's a large age discrepancy and a person's trying to say, well, if I go into a nursing home, um, I, or let's say first, if I pass away, these assets are going to go to my kids, but I still need to protect my spouse that I have now. Um, so I need to protect them with either a lump sum or make sure that our assets that we have together are not drained by long-term care. That might be a, a tool that could be used to be held potentially in a trust, for example, that would make that person's wishes come to you. I want to take care of my kids, but I also want to take care of my spouse. But here's this risk that it all blows up if I go into a nursing home, spend 130 grand a year for six years and then die. Um, so the, the thing is, is that sometimes you really have to look at those insurance products and say, what's the internal rate of return if I live to different ages? Um, you don't want the advice coming from, you need your insurance agents, right? You need people that hmm. know all about, uh, auto policies, making them blend together and work with umbrella policies and, and how to apply and which companies are right based on health issues. You need our, your agents. But when it comes to products like that, that you have to say, I got to make a decision to keep money invested in stocks or put it into this insurance. You don't want the advice coming from somebody that's making a commission. Well said. Let's um, kind of power on a little bit. Um, let's talk about products that you have access to that the average person doesn't have access to, software that you get to use, um, a little bit of AI in tax returns. I know that, but software is robust. And it, 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 I'm not saying it does the planning for you, but it does a lot of um, scenarios. It's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, it, the main software packages that we use tend to be the, the financial planning software, which has tax analysis built into it at a basic level. But then outside of that, um, two other products that we use to say to run multiple scenarios where it's the software that you actually use to you can create returns, but also create models. What if scenarios? How much is the right amount to convert from an IRA to a Roth without affecting your Medicare Part B premiums? Um, or, you know, how much you should convert from an IRA to Roth without blowing up your capital gains situation for the year. Um, so even on the financial planning software, there's, there's really, there's, there's obviously online calculators that are out there, but they don't get as far into the weeds. So for example, when, when we have a situation where a person might have real estate and a taxable account, your taxable account has phantom income, right? You, you do you know what I mean by that, Rob? Mm-hmm. So if you're investing in stocks, mutual funds, ETFs, um, in a brokerage account outside of a retirement account, so either in your name, joint, or a trust, even if you're not pulling money out, you're going to have a certain amount of money that's that's being kicked off as ordinary income, tax-free income, uh, qualified dividends, non-qualified dividends, and a certain amount of turnover every year where you need to do some trimming and rebalancing. And so you have to model that tax hit on an annual basis in a financial plan. 
you have to get really into the weeds and say, of of the rate of return that I'm projecting, how much is coming from these different areas so that you can say, this is how much I'm going to pay in taxes every year in retirement. Chad, can you go over the seven tests that you're actually going to be trying to get people to check mark by the end of the two hours? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the first one we're going to go over is the linear cash flow test. And this is kind of basically you run, you know, a certain rate of return. What's the right rate of return that you should be using? Um, you, you want to be conservative, but you have to have also inflation items. So normal expenses, what should you deflate those at versus healthcare costs? Uh, but you also have to think about what goes into the expenses and what are the taxes? Um, what are all the things that need to be in that cash flow report? All of your income items, all of your expense items, including taxes and you know, even down to maintenance costs on your rental property that you might own. So how do you pass that test? How do you make sure you have enough money to last till age 100? And then once you say, okay, I do have enough if I assume a certain rate of return, then you start getting into what's the right portfolio for you? What rate of return do you need to be successful but also what's your risk tolerance? Because as you move into retirement, you go from a very aggressive investor. And I've seen people go from super aggressive saying they're always aggressive to, oh my gosh, they're very conservative. They're investing like my grandmother now. Um, because you go from the situation where did, I don't care. Wait, if the how, stock, does, how does your grandmother invest out of curiosity? Oh, she was very conservative. Okay. Um, I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, CD back when CDs were paying 7%, right? So um, sounds good to me. But you have to, you have to realize that, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm earning income. I have more than enough money to pay my expenses. And so I'm putting money into an investment. And so you're not worried about market corrections because you're not pulling money out. But when you stop working and you stop funding it, you see potentially a declining value. You have to say, what is my true risk tolerance? Um, and you got to create the right portfolio that meets the, your risk tolerance requirements, but also your return requirements. And within that, the next test, number three, is the safe money test. How much cash should you have on the sidelines? And that is figured out going through number one and number two. You you got to have your portfolio, but you also have a certain amount of cash to get through rough market rec- corrections. Like, So for example, 2008 and 2022 were the worst years for balanced portfolios in recent history, probably the last 50 years. And so you have to make sure when you go through periods like that, that you aren't pulling money out of the portfolio when it's down. Cause in 2022, both stocks and bonds were down. So if all of your money was in stocks and bonds, then what would you do? You'd be selling at a loss. So you got to have a safe money test. The tax test is which withdrawal strategy is best for you. There's multiple and everybody's different based on where their money has been saved where they have rental properties, taxable accounts, non-taxable accounts, Roths, it's all different. So which one's best for you? And then once you've got this all figured out and modeled and you have the correct portfolio that you're going to be modeling in your financial plan, you can then move forward and run what's called Monte Carlo simulations, which say, okay, if the stock market, the linear cash flow uh, model is gets you, you know, to the point where, oh, I think I have enough to retire. But that's based on a flat rate of return forever. And that's not how the stock market works. It's positive 74% of the time in the last 50 years. So you have to randomize the return history and say, based on what the stock market has done and the assets that I own and correlation, standard deviations, what is my success rate? If I run thousand different market simulations in the order of stock market returns, what is my success rate? My linear cash flow could say, yeah, you got enough to retire. 
But unless you run a Monte Carlo simulation that gives you an 85% plus rate of return or uh, 85% plus success uh, factor, you probably won't want to retire yet. You got to do something different. You either have to invest differently or, um, you know, do something with expenses or longevity or whatever it may be. Um, and then after that's all said and done, then you can start to say, okay, what if, what are, what are some what if scenarios that I can do? Like, what if I go into a nursing home for five years, what's left over for my spouse if I die after five years in a nursing home and how do you deal with those issues? Um, what if I want to buy a second home? What if I want to, when do I need to sell a rental property to replace my liquid, my, you know, uh, accessible cash, for example. Mm-hmm. And then finally, we just talk about what does a successful retirement look like in terms of being fulfilled? Um, I've seen so many people, Rob, in almost 30 years that I've been doing this, save a ton of money and never enjoy it because of health issues, because of boredom, because of no plan for recreating your social network and, and um, sense of purpose after you leave your job. Well said. And I fear that could be me. So that's one that I'm going to have to work on. I'm going to learn more. August 24th, Toll House Hotel, Los Gatos, CFP, Chad Burton, EP Wealth Advisors. He's going to be bringing a team of CFPs. One thing that I do know for sure is if you have over 500,000, whether it be 2 million, 3 million, 5, 10, 15, 100 million, CFP pays for themselves with the taxes, if nothing else with the tax planning, but the estate planning as well. And also the life goals and investing in safe money, having a buffer in the bad times, as well as has it, having enough of a, a nest egg to last in case you make it to 92 or 95 and you weren't expecting to. Any final thoughts from you, Chad, before people rush off to chadburton.com, see some of your downloads and get some of your uh, signups for the event on the 24th? I think the thing that just jumped into my head as you said that is that that the portfolio is over two million. That's when you can start looking at um, some of the really attractive alternative investments that are out there: private credit, yeah. direct lending, um, certain real estate investment trusts that might not be available to lower value portfolios, and then even tax overlay strategies with multiple managers involved. So there, there's definitely a certain level of um, of services and products that are available at that that higher portfolio value. That's the only thing that popped in my mind on it, Rob. Thanks again for promoting this event with me. And um, it should be worthy of note that the fee structure does change as you have more assets. But it's important. It's important to work with a financial planner. If you got nothing else out of this hour, it's super important in retirement and retirement uh, preparedness, readiness. Uh, super important. You can sign up at CFP Chad Burton, uh, website, chadburton.com. That's the 24th, August, Whole House Hotel in Los Gatos. Sign up at chadburton.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.